Welcome to my super type A attempt at being Zen, the podcast. My name is Risha York, and I will be your host. If you are overworked, overtired, overstretched, overwhelmed, just over it, you are in the right place. We like to say we are currently working towards Zen-ish. I'm thrilled that you've joined us. Let's see who will be supporting us on our path to Zen today. Welcome back to part two of Yvonne Heath. Let's jump right back in. Thank you for joining us. Like awful. awful. And so when we lead without permission, when we just show up for ourselves, it's, you know what? I don't care what the fucking rules are. Oh, there are. What rules are there? I what do what we makes make it me up in feel our good. I'm going to show up for me today. I'm going to say the thing that doesn't feel right to me. I'm going to follow my values. I'm going to live with integrity. I'm going to call that person out. I'm going to do it. I'm going to step into the role that no one thinks I should have. I'm going to take the leap of faith. I'm going to do those things. And when you do that for yourself, it also arms you with the ability to do it for other people in such a more consistent way. Absolutely. And of course, that's takeaway number four, because I say that's the caveat. If you want to be a part of someone's village, be a part of that compassionate community, if you want to be able to just show up for others, empowered, resilient, all that, you simply must, it's non-negotiable, just show up for yourself first. Yeah. And that's what the bracelet is. There's a card and it says, number one, just show up for yourself first. Just showing up for yourself first, everything you're just saying, being flawed, imperfect, understanding, having that solid foundation of coping skills and strategies, boundaries, what is okay for me in this moment, what is not, and, and knowing and accepting that it's okay to get it wrong. Yeah. And, practice. and here's a beautiful story in, in just that whole just showing up for yourself first and the just showing up and how we're just so we haven't practiced this and people are just talk about when people say compassion fatigue and burnout the bigger problem is being terrified to show up yeah and suffering in silos of silence and isolation so I was giving a talk I don't remember where it was and this man said, you know, my partner died and it was just, I was so devastated and we lived in an apartment complex and the lady that lived beside us was one of our best friends. I mean, she came over for dinner. We did things together, et cetera. When my partner died, she disappeared. She didn't come to the visitation. She was in her house and I haven't seen her since. And it's been weeks. And he said like, I'm really heartbroken about this yeah. and I don't understand. And again, I shared it in my TED talk and I just said, when people do not just show up, it's because they didn't know how. Yeah. And if you did not just show up, forgive yourself, ask for forgiveness, do it better next time. And so I said to him those very words and I said, I wonder if you would be willing to 
or I invite you to knock on her door yeah, and say, I miss you. Don't say like, you know, okay, I believe you didn't just offer me. I can't, I miss you. This is it. I promise you. I mean, they were friends for years. Come on. Yeah. She, and and then it's like, oh my God, now it's been too long. I can't face them. Right. And we, we right? just like create this whole big This thing. storytelling. That's what I call it. Storytelling. Spiral, piece. spiral, spiral. And, you know, the two things she could have knocked on the door and said, you know what? I have been, I am devastated that I was not yeah. there for you. I didn't just show up and, and I, I don't even, I can't even believe I didn't. And she wasn't doing that. So I just said, and, and say, I miss you. And yeah. I promise you that I, you're going to just melt that wall. Your chance yeah. you're here I am, with no attachment either. Right. I was pretty sure. And I know that's what happened. She was devastated. I am so sorry. I got I just like spinning. Right. We, we built that wall. They did yeah. not just show up for me. I am not like, that's it. Well, like, I think there's also, ah, there's this conversation around, you know, I need to be accommodated. I want someone to accommodate to me. Mm. You know, no one pays attention to me. I, like I've seen it all the time. I have clients who come into to me and say, you know, no one pays attention to me. I'm ignored all the time. No one's listening. I feel like all I do is work. No one gives me any recognition. I'm like, okay, I'm hearing a lot of things where like, have, have you done this for you? Right. Like right out of the gates is my first question, but also you don't know what's going on in other people's lives. You don't know how they're processing information or you don't know you know while we went through the last year we lost eight people in the last year and i mean eight people that's just it's too much it's insane it's too much you just know? as you stand up you're like right back yeah. down oh. i'm like okay at what point is this not a cosmic joke right it's like okay whatever like i get it yeah. whatever's going up there in the universe maybe you need some extra angels i don't know yeah. but do they all have to come from my world? Oh, Can we my just... Gosh. So it was a little yeah. intense. But what's so funny is like our neighbor across the street was also going through a whole bunch of people going through cancer, like six or seven people. And while normally we're both very good at showing up for each other, we were both in the depths of insanity over exactly. the last year. And I was like, no one's mad here. No one's offended no one's upset no one's taking any of this personally you don't know what's going on in other people's lives oh my goodness so first of all yes to your neighbor and to you sent like so much love because that is just I mean it's like it's too much that's all I say that's just too much and you yep. just kind of have to pause and just go imagine if you got mired and stuck in the why of all of that and you, what good would it do? It would destroy you. It yeah, would destroy it would. you. It and, and so again, you know, to, to understand that first of all, the, oh, they're not complimenting me. They're not, or they're not giving me recognition. Yes. The first question, well, do you do that for other people? Oh, no one's talking. Well, do you talk to them? Well, no. Okay. And, and the other piece is we don't know what's going on with other people. And, you know, we are all responsible of our own happiness. Yeah. And that's another reason why we burn out. We're trying to make other people happy. We're trying to make oh, and people pleasing unhappy. Dangerous. They, no one can make anybody anything. No. You can't make, you can't 
Richard, are you going to be happy right now? I'm going to make you. <laughs> like you can't. It's impossible. Your children, your your spouse, that is your responsibility. And people pleasing is dangerous. If you get to the point where you have devoted your whole life to people pleasing, you're yeah, never going to find that golden recognition, gold star you're looking for. It's not going to happen. It's It's never going to be enough for some people. Because they'll just take advantage of the fact that that's who you are as a person. And it's always going to be too much for other people who are like, you're just, you're too in my face trying to make me feel things. Exactly. You have to show up for yourself. You have to feel good about yourself. And like you said, if you're going to do something for someone else, their reaction is actually not part of the equation. Just show up with heart, with humor, lead with your heart, humor, humanness, yeah. and know that that's how you feed your own soul. Exactly. Regardless of, of that outcome. And I just want to, you know, it, stories always pop up and they're, they're just so whew, important. And I remember thinking when you, when you said, cause we've all done this assumed about someone else. Oh, well, she's ignoring me. Um, and you know, you, you also get very humbled <laughs> and I've done it even in my work. And I remember like, I'm, I, I'm busy and I work hard, like, you know, type A personality. Hello. Yep. with ADHD. Hello. And, um, and this woman, I was at a conference or something and I'm like, you know, doing all these things and, and she's kind of slow. And I'm thinking I'm making the stories we tell ourselves, right. We make sure. stories. You make assumptions. Finding out the truth. If we have a question, being willing to be vulnerable and authentic and ask, but I just sat there and spun and I became crabby, like, oh my God, like she just, God, I have to do most of this. And she's just off doing her own thing. And I, I had this whole big spin by myself. And later she said to me, oh God, it's, it's not like, it's hard to share this because I was just so embarrassed. And she just said, you know, I'm so sorry. I can't really keep up. I've had a brain injury. <laughs> And you're and like it's harder for me to oh my process. Gosh, right? of course. And I just sat there and I mean, I felt ashamed of myself for a moment. And then I, I like just sat with those hard feelings. And then I just thought, thank you for that lesson. Yeah. Thank you for teaching me that very valuable lesson and I have not assumed since. No, we don't all live the same reality. Mm. It Every human being on uh, this planet, it doesn't matter. I mean, you have twins. Do you think they have the exact same reality? No. They grew up in the same house with the same parents and the same school and the same everything. But different experience, different, different experience, skills, different wiring. And so because of that, we can't make assumptions. You can't guess, oh, well, she grew up in a wealthy place with a whatever. Why is she complaining? You don't know what they went through. You don't know what their life looked like. You don't know who their parents are. You don't know if they treated their siblings differently. You don't know. And it doesn't know. matter. What you matters is know. us being the very best version of ourselves. Exactly. Uh, and I think the greatest gift that we can give is teaching by example. Yeah. Right. Of And, and again, getting it wrong. And I, I, I share, I have gotten it wrong over and over. Oh yeah. You're never going to be perfect. In fact, making mistakes are the biggest learning moments in our life, right? So you have to be not only willing, but excited for those mistakes because when they happen, it's like, oh, good. Okay. I learned something today. Thank you. And and that's what we can see it as an opportunity to learn, right? And 
easier said than done. Yes. All of this. Totally. Stuff. And that's why, like when I share the takeaways and then it, it's like takeaway number five and people, it, it's interesting because we've also seen this to say, structure your life in such a way that you are self-reliant. And so are the people around you. Now the caveat or the, that doesn't mean doing it all yourself. That doesn't mean not asking for help when you need it. What it means is, and here's the example everyone understands, is we all know a couple who've been married for 50 years and the wife becomes ill or dies and the husband's never made a sandwich. Right. Or the same couple and the husband becomes ill or dies and the wife's never paid a bill. She doesn't even know how to get into the account. Right. And we still do this to each other, right? So again, this whole movement for love your life to death and the I just showed up movement is becoming proactive so that when grief arrives, we can navigate it and, and know that it isn't a, there's no timeline for grief. And we have all these other things in place where we've had conversations. We have a village. We know how to show up ourselves first. And as I share, I learned how to operate the generator because right. the power always used to go out. And was should I sit there in the dark for 14 hours because my husband's at work? Exactly. You know, I think about that lesson all the time. The first time I heard you speak, that one really sat with me. And it's funny because it forced me to take over certain things in my house that I was like, actually, I'd prefer to be the person doing that. I know that everyone else knows how, but right. I want to be the person now who does it so that I can learn to do it or be part of that conversation exactly. or whatever or know um, who to get if you if you can't do it right like I will never be amazing at tech and I, I don't want to like technology yeah. it's not I don't want to it's like yeah. math for me it hurts my brain Jordy does a lot of that so I know thank goodness that you know if Jordy was not available I would find some well you know, any one of my children's friends sure could help me. So, so if you can't do it, you, you have to have someone that can, but yeah. to wait until you're in crisis. Well, and my husband, and I had this conversation a couple of weeks ago where I said, you know, part of why I put things in place or ask you guys to do these little tiny tasks is because everything can't be hard. Mm. It doesn't so, have to be. If we, if we make the little things easy and everybody contributes a tiny amount, beautiful. then there's these things that just go seamlessly and they're easier. And then your day-to-day -day doesn't feel hard all oh, day, goodness. especially when we all deal with, like, it's been a year of grief. So my, my conversation was, look, man, I'm getting derailed regularly. And yeah. so the little help here. <laughs> The little things can't be hard. Absolutely. There's, there's too much going on. So we all need to show up and make the little things easier for each other. Oh my goodness. Totally. And you know, here's again, women, I'm sorry, women, we are like notorious. Oh, my family couldn't survive without me. I say, oh gosh, what could you do to change that? I hope that's they terrifying. can. That's yeah. terrifying. I like, you know, a great leader or, you know, captain, his ship keeps sailing even when he's whatever. Yep. Great leaders create other leaders, not followers. I want my children, and we all know children who've gone off to university and they've never done laundry. They don't know a thing about anything and they're yep. terrified. Well, isn't it already, there's already enough grief and in joy in the transition without trying to figure out how to do, not knowing how to do laundry. Yeah, 
you don't or make need, a like one sandwich. more thing. You don't need one more thing to make things hard. It's That's not a- our value because our family can't survive without us. Right? Yeah. That's, right. We see that as why we matter. We matter because we matter. Yeah. We have value because we have value because we exist. Not because everyone's codependent and they can't survive without us. Yeah. The big joke in our house is my oldest son is totally mini me. And at school, they call him our petit monsieur because he goes to French school. And so for those of you that don't speak French on this podcast, he's like a little man. He's a little man. And he is. All he wants is responsibility. And Um. so... He is all about, I'll cook it myself, I'll make it myself, I'll build it wow. myself, I'll do it myself. And I want to encourage that as much as possible. But also, as someone who is exactly the same way as a small person, I also don't want him to feel like he doesn't get to be a kid. Absolutely. So there's this fun like line we walk where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can make mac and cheese today. Tomorrow let me make dinner Mm. and we'll find, you know, a balance here. Or, you know, I'll say to him before I go out for the night, okay, be good for daddy. And he's like, don't worry, mama. I got got this. Like he's, he's taking it all. Right. I'm responsible for that. In control. um, Yeah. But there is that level of, because I think this is what happens to super type A people is we go, oh, you're responsible. Great. Take this and this and this and this and this and this. And we're going to give you this and this. And because they'll multitask and they love it, they'll do it. And then somewhere down the road, and this is what happened to me. I went, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm 17 and I'm doing all the things. Something. whose fault is that? Right here. We do that. And I kept taking it on and kept saying, yes, yes, I want to help. And I mean, in a single parent family, there's someone else has to help. It's she can't do everything. So I'm here. I'm doing it. We're good. But then the irony is when I went off to college, it was so much more relaxing than it was living at home. Exactly. Yeah. You just had to take care of you. And I was like, I've never in my life only been responsible for me. Amazing. And what a huge revelation that is. Absolutely. And, you know, again, it's that whole, we're going to get it wrong sometimes. And, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, like our kids, the the more, the more you do for people, the more they're going to let you do. Yeah. I mean, when people, and I've done it, oh my God, no one helps me out around here. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, whose fault is that? Or or women, again, I've heard them say, I always have to cook the whole Thanksgiving dinner and no one even helps. I said, do you? you do not have to? Yes, I do. It's expected. I said, those are two different things. Have to and is expected are two different things. And you are choosing. Yeah. And who's it. expecting it? Who? Because at the end and of even the day, if they are. Funny, I saw this psychiatrist. She's amazing. I still see her. She's incredible. And yeah. She said to me one day, I was in there and she said, okay, I want you to imagine you're having a dinner party. And I'm like, okay, what are you, what are you doing? What's your first step? And I was like, well, I think about what everyone would want to have. What, you know, the favorite, and I'm doing this this Saturday too. Okay. She's gluten-free and this person, there's kids there. So we want to make sure that everybody has something that they like. And, and then my, my, 
psychiatrist says, um, okay, um, what if you ordered pizza? And I was like, oh no, you don't invite someone to your house for dinner and then order out. And she said, why not? And I was like, well, because they're going to be expecting that I'm cooking. I invited them over. So they're going to expect that I'm making a meal. And she said, who's expecting? And I was like, they, they will. She's like, so they're only coming for the meal that you're cooking. And I'm like, no. She's like, why do you think they're coming over? And it gave me this moment. I was like, to see me. Yeah. So do you think they care whether you made a four course meal or ordered pizza? No, not particularly. So whose no. expectation is that? At the end of the day, whose expectation? Well, you've created, you've also, they may be expecting because you created that expectation. Oh, you go to Risha to get a four course meal that she created. Maybe, but then are but, they going to be you've also bummed when they show up and I ordered pizza? Probably not. Um. So I have two words for you. That is, I live by, I've never done it any other way, any gathering, Christmas, Thanksgiving, doesn't matter. Two words, hot luck. Yeah. Hot luck is the most brilliant. It's not a lot of work for anybody. Yeah. Get all this array of different foods. Yeah. And, and no one's doing all the work. Yeah. That yeah. hot luck. And generally, <laughs> I pan. love to cook. Cooking is one of my zen. And that's, of things. course, yes. So, right. and That's I love great. food. I'm a total food snob. So for right. me, I'm, I really revel in those moments. Like, and that, then that's okay. Dinner right? party. That's okay. If you love to do it. But also I don't have to be Martha Stewart every single time someone comes to my house. And there was a point in my life, probably about 10, 15 years ago, where I felt like I did, where right. everything I did, I had to show up at a hundred percent and that's exhausting. You can't mm. do that. You don't have, you know, like you only have a hundred percent for everything, all the things in your life. That's too high. That's a very, you can't maintain that. It's <laughs> so if I'm showing up at a hundred percent for dinner parties, what am I not showing up for and everything else? So chances are yourself. <laughs> chances are right. And other things, I'm sure my relationship, my children, my anything, everything. Right. So Absolutely. we have to be aware you have to be aware and you know what we can make adjustments along the way and and when you talk about living your life in a zen way it's funny because i when you were talking about or like okay i said well i'm going to talk about this i said i'm going to look at what they say what zen is and yeah. it's like emphasizing the value of meditation and intuition right so so having those quiet moments and trusting your instinct a feeling of peace oneness and enlightenment so if you're feeling that in your see for you, and that's the, that's the thing too, right? We are all so unique. So unique. you say, oh my gosh, creating food. And like, that is just like my moment that for me creates tremendous anxiety. Yeah, exactly. It's like overwhelming. OMG, get me out of here. So that's right. So, so 
it's like know thyself. Exactly. And that's create that for you. That's what my course is, right? My super type A attempt at being Zen is a nine week deep dive into your Zen is so much different than everybody else's. It's not just go take a bubble bath. It's no right or wrong. No, there's no right or wrong. And it's, and it, and saying, um, it's like we're you meditation used to be present and non-judgmental and that's non-judgment of ourselves or each other i used to judge myself all the time because i didn't love to cook now it's like no thanks that's not me i would rather go outside and saw down a tree right and cut the grass and you know like i'm out there (laughs) jordy's jordy's in the kitchen stirring something and i got the saw out and i'm like you know what this is a beautiful moment for us yeah (laughs) (laughs) right the the old Martha or the old June Cleaver in the kitchen, like reverse. June wants to be in the kitchen. Go for it. If she doesn't, no. Yeah. Give me a saw, and I have my Fisker where I can like get all the branches down, and I'm like so excited. And there's like there's the crazy gardening tree lady who's cutting all the dead branches, and I love it. So, so that's all good. And and you know to be your authentic self and to know what feeds your heart and soul, and that's like. When I, I take away number six, when I talk about finding your post and, and I think when you talk about being Zen, when you talk about being able to be present and calm and what brings you joy and, and that feeling to me, one of the things that also creates excessive suffering is not accepting that life is unpredictable yeah. and that change is the only constant and let's prepare for anything because when we have times of grief, despair, challenges, whatever it may be, and it could be fleeting, it could be, you know, a huge loss in our lives. Many of us depend on our family, like a person or or even we're so attached to our, our career or our children. And, and all of these things change, right? Relation, relationships change. Yeah. And so it was 101 year old Minnie, I went to see her and I said, Minnie, like we are, we don't normalize conversations about grief, death and dying. We need to create change. We're creating our own excessive suffering. What do we need? And she said, we all need a post, something that we can turn to in times of despair that can be there for us no matter what. And I was just like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. So because what that means to me is that it is wonderful to have your village and all the wonderful things in your life are a bonus. Yeah. Right. Chapters in your life change, people change. So to have something that connects you to something greater, yeah, a religion, a practice, a meditation practice, um, spirituality, yoga, nature, music, art, like Things that something that grounds you, to. something that grounds you that you can turn to. Yeah. No matter what. And, and when it's something greater, like for me, it's nature. And when I go out in nature and I just feel so Zen, like I would say, I feel so Zen, like in nature. Yeah. And I see the beauty and I see also the dying, the decay and the right. Everything's the cycles and circle of life. And it reminds me that everything is temporary. Right. I say that every day of my life and it is. I have young children. And so Everything I have these temporary, <laughs> right. And so how I'm feeling now <clears throat> in my pain will also change. It will yeah. change grief. Never like there's no end end date for grief. 
it evolves though. And yeah. it becomes something that becomes the fabric of your life instead of your whole you learn being. to live with it, not learn with it. it yeah. It's not going away. Yeah. <laughs> it is a part of this journey. And, and so to have that post, that's something that you can turn to. And, you know, like to me, when you say what, like, how can you be Zen? Like, no matter what, if you have your post, that's something you can turn to yeah. no matter what is going on in your life. That's how people can find their footing again. That was actually one of my questions. That's, yes. How you find your footing. And, and again, with all the takeaways and know, have your supportive village. Yeah. Have that. What do you believe about life and death and go back to that? This is, you know, I, and I do this when I see someone who's young and suffering and I, I have spoken at, I've spoken at conferences like for Huntington's, yep. for, which is an excruciating disease. And yeah. I, we are all here for our journey. I don't know why I am here to love and support. And, and I just, you know, have that mantra and, and, and find my footing and also acknowledge and allow my hard feelings. Yeah. And so that post, and then of course, when I say takeaway number seven is what will your legacy be? And, and your legacy is something you create each and every day, in my opinion, like you, it's not, you know, something you create at end of life. And so to me, the most incredible legacy you can leave is learning, unlearning, right. evolving, teaching by example. I feel like my biggest, like the, I said this a few weeks ago and I feel like it's the thing that keeps me focused because there's a lot of talk about legacy around what you leave behind and mm -hmm. what you leave for your children and what you, and for me, I'm like, it's not stuff guys, especially after going through, after going through eight people leaving our lives it's not stuff. It's relationships. That's my legacy. My legacy is relationships. It's how I interact with the people on this planet while I'm here. That's my legacy because they're going to carry that forward. Right. That's going to keep influencing other people. And then that's teaching gonna... by example. Yeah. Teaching by example for me, like just showing up with heart, humor and humanness. Yeah. Teaching by example. And, and the humanness and, and a legacy of kindness is a beautiful legacy. And right. And so that's for me, and that's in each and every day. Yeah. You're, you're, you're living your legacy. We live our legacy. Yeah. Right. It isn't uh Oh, uh, they, yeah, they left me a mansion. I'm always like, no, no. Like, you know what? Like if, 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 if there was any one thing that would be, and, and I don't even know if I've ever thought of this in this way, but if anyone ever said like, what would be your most important legacy? And it, I thought if, if people remember that on their hardest day or when someone was dying or, you know, they were in excruciating pain and I made them laugh or smile and I just gave them a, that, a little bit of relief with that heart and humor and humanness, yeah. then, then that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That is my, the legacy I want to leave. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I feel like I just want people to remember who I was as a friend, as a parent, as a family member, as a, how, how I showed up. Absolutely. Right? And, and the other thing is that we're all here as long as we're here. <laughs> no guarantees. If we could, if we could stop pretending that there is a guarantee, right? If we could stop 
thinking that we can control that. Yes, some people live to a hundred and then even greater and others do not. If we can just say, I want to say like, no matter how long I'm here, I lived my full life. This was my full life, however long that may be. And I Um, didn't, I didn't shy away from showing up as me, right? Like that's the other thing. I, I work with so many clients that are like, I've worked half my career in this job. I hate, I'm sitting in the back of the room being ignored. And I'm thinking to myself, this is not how you want to progress through the rest of this life. Oh my gosh. This one. (laughs) you know, and, you know, believe what you will. I'm not a religious person. I really am not. And I, I, but I, there's certain elements of certain religions that I love. I love the idea of karma. I love the idea of coming back as something else. I love the idea of being able to revisit this planet with more wisdom. I certainly believe I have met people who have been on this planet before. I, you know what I mean? And Choose I, to believe. Who's going to tell you you're wrong? Who's like, to say, know? right? <laughs> but all of this stuff too feeds into this conversation around life and death, right? Because it's, we don't know. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know if someone's watching. You don't know if they can hear you, but why uh, not try? Well, I say choose to believe and I'm, I'm going to read. And again, I believe that should, if, if, if you want to be more empowered and resilient and more and then like in this journey on this journey become proactive and start with that life and death what do you believe about life and death and i'm going to show you this i'm going to read it to you see that beautiful picture this is an aboriginal proverb yeah and what it says and i read this when i'm devastated when someone dies because you know i don't remember all my great wisdom i'm just like of course devastated. <laughs> right? I grieve. It's not no easier for me, but I love these words. We are just passing through. Our purpose here is to observe, to learn, to grow, to love, and then we return home. Right. Beautiful. And that brings me comfort. We talk a lot in our house about like what's next, right? Mm-hmm. Especially with two young children and a lot of death. Good for you for having those conversations. And it's an interesting, I mean, here's the thing. I am pretty open <laughs> to a lot of interpretations of what happens next. Cause I don't, I'm not going to pretend to know. And my kids are too. And it's funny because they'll say things like I was laying in bed the other night and my youngest said, where's Nana and granny? And I was like, mm-hmm. Oof. yeah, um, they died. Right. And he goes, yeah, but aren't they also the stars? And I was like, mm. what? And then he call. goes, look, there's one right now. And he grabs it. And he goes, now it's floating over to my brother. And I was like, what is happening? And I'm laying there and I'm like, wow, that's incredible. And then he goes, now it's coming back to me. And he hugged it. And I was like, I don't know what that was. Beautiful. Well, beautiful. I love it. But who's to say? To be open, right? And, and. And in those conversations, isn't it wonderful to be curious? Because we say, well, what do you think? Where do you think they are? Yeah. What do you think? Oh, 
that's a great thing to think because say we don't we don't really know while we're here on earth and oh I choose to believe what do you think yeah right getting curious and going with the conversation and how wonderful when my um I wrote about this in the book and I it was just one of these moments where we had um a beautiful friend named Mr. McDougall the kids called him Mr. McDoodle and he was in his (laughs) 90s and we were dear friends and I think our kids were five or six at the time and he became ill and he was in the hospital and he was dying I said to the kids we're going to go visit Mr. McDoodle and I want you to know and like I was nervous sure yeah like I yeah I was nervous and I said I want you to know that he's not going to look the same and he's you know he has a mask on and he's pale and I told them I said we're not going to stay long I just want him to know that we, we love him and we're here and we walked in and you know he was struggling and he had a mask on and he just took my daughter's little hand and he shook it and then we just said, we love you. And we, we didn't stay long. And the next day he died in the middle of the night and the next day. And I was just like, my heart, Yeah. I said to the kids, you know, and I was crying, which is okay. <laughs> PS it's okay to cry in front of you guys. I yeah. said, you know what? I said, I'm sad, I'm sad this morning. And, and I'm also so happy or glad that we went to see Mr. McDoodle yesterday because he died last night. And my daughter said, um, yes, I knew he was going to, because when we were visiting, his spirit was already leaving. Like what? My six-year-old. And this is the thing, the younger they are, I feel like the more perceptive they are oh, around that. They're, well, because they don't have all of our, our yeah, baggage, nonsense. right? And I been. said, and when she said that, I, was, I just said, isn't that wonderful? And then there was a visitation and there's an open casket. So again, I'm uncomfortable. Like, you know, sure. kids know kids know how to just show up. We're yeah. <laughs> they're great at it, actually. They're great at it if we allow it. Yeah. Like we, if we le- don't let our own fear stop them. Yeah. And I, I said, you know, we went to see Mr. McDoodle. We said goodbye. And today's the visitation or tomorrow, whatever. It's up to you if you want to go. And here's these six-year-old twins. And Tanner said, you know, I already said goodbye to my friend. I I don't want to go. And I said, that's okay. And I'm so glad. And, and Jaden was like, I'm going. Yeah. (laughs) Like I am going. And I got nervous again. I said, well, you know, he's going to be, and I was explaining this open casket. Right. And she's like, I'm going. And she got on her purple dress that she had worn for 17 days in a row. That's another story. And (laughs) this little six-year-old marched into that. She looked at her friend. She just like nodded her head, grabbed a Werther's because he was the candy man. So they, he always had a, <laughs> I love it. She grabbed a Werther's and walked away. And you saw all of these people around just like looking at this little girl. Yeah. And it was again, heartwarming and heart-wrenching and everyone's bawling, of course. And it was so beautiful. Yeah. Right? I was nervous and I... I just allowed her to just show up anyway. Yeah. Don't wait for it to be comfortable. It's yeah. Hard. Yeah. It's not, I mean, and I think it's a weird thing to say, but being comfortable with our discomfort is one of the things that I've spent most of my life trying to do, right? It's yes. like, ooh, I'm really uncomfortable in this situation. So question number one, why? Right. And question number two, is it because it's important or is it because it's not safe? 
Right. And if, and and you have to be discerning. And if it's Absolutely. not safe, then yeah, we need to exit stage left right now. Yes. But if it's because it's important and it's emotional, then this is this stuff that's been ingrained in us where it's like, oh, you can't have feelings. It, and you're protecting. Of course, you're protecting yourself. Yeah. And if you can share, it's not about us in this moment. It's not about my discomfort. And that's why you know, for a person like me who was able or like took a zero instead of speaking in front of my class in, in college, I was able to do that wonderful, amazing TEDx talk. Moment. Yeah. It was huge for me. No one will ever know how huge that was for me because I'm silly and crazy. People don't think I'm introverted. People wouldn't think that was challenging. And it's like, there's a very big difference between being like silly on the dance floor and thinking you have an important message to share. Right. Of course. So, in those moments, yes, it's uncomfortable and it wasn't about me. And yeah. when we are just showing up in that moment, it is because we are there to support them. It's not about yeah. us. And we can also remind ourselves and we'll, we'll survive discomfort. Yeah. And like I said, of course, if it's uncomfortable because it's unsafe, that's a different story. Totally. Most of the time we just like, oh, I don't want, but we have to practice. Yeah. That's the thing. Let's forgive ourselves for not just showing up in the past. Yeah. Let's let's create that space to be more zen-like and to be able to just show up for ourselves and each other. Yeah. And that is true. a beautiful legacy to leave. It's so true. It's so true. And I mean, I think that actually brings us to my last question for you. Um, what are some things that we can do to support our Zen during those tumultuous times? How do we come back? Like you've got your list. I love that list. The seven things. Ways. Mm -hmm. your seven takeaways, right? Mm -hmm. But is there something where you've sort of like lived through this and thought to yourself that that's one of those things that brought me back to a more grounded space that made me feel balanced? I You don't like the word balanced. Well, but... no, it's not. I don't like the word. I think <laughs> it's just, uh, it's, you, you want to feel more balanced in your grief and your joy. And it's just that sometimes one will consume you more than the other. Of course, right? like you and, can't and sprint that's... through a marathon, right? So yeah, sometimes you got to exactly. sprint to sprint, but sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and there's so many things I think that, you know, to, first of all, when, when people talk about meditation or yoga, those are, a pra those are practices. We have to have a practice that whatever, whatever rituals work for you, whatever yeah. we must practice and, and create a practice that works for you. Yeah. And the hard things and the most challenging things, just showing up for yourself first and just showing up for you also requires practice Yeah, and be willing to get it wrong. That's how we learn. Yes. The, like let's practice intentional and excessive compassion for ourselves and each other. Yeah. Right. Like get, just getting to that place where understanding how we got here, like, how did we get like, a, and that's, I wrote a chapter. How did we become so death phobic? Well, we we've sanitized and pushed everything away. And so we have a new clean slate today and every single day to do it differently. Yeah. In the past, I didn't have a practice in the past. I didn't practice these things and I feel guilty and ashamed. And these are all the things I didn't do. Acknowledge and allow those feelings. And now what? And also I feel like ask yourself, cause we go through at least a lot of my clients who come through lead without permission specifically go through this self flagellation oh. 
you know, their ego is in the back. I always joke. It's like throwing spitballs at the back of your head, telling you these things that are not true or not fair. Right. And learning to say like, no, you sit down because that's not fair. I'm showing up here today. That's not helpful. Yeah. This isn't helping me. You know, if you're trying to make any change in your life, beating yourself up is not the first step to getting it right. It's actually the first step to staying in a pattern. And um, that's, again, we've normalized that, right? Yeah. And and we feel like if, you know, I will, I will feel less guilty if I feel really bad about it. I'm going to feel right. really bad about myself. Well, how about just, you know, and, and it's funny because people often say, oh, you did your best in that and whatever. And I just say, well, Maybe it didn't. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you didn't do your best. Maybe you didn't just show up. Maybe you did do something that you wish you'd done differently. If we can acknowledge and allow that, and and that's just part of the human experience, and it's you a hard state. And you're never gonna have it. That's the other thing. Like, you're never gonna have a point in your life where you're not making mistakes anymore. Where you learned all the lessons and now you're perfect. Like we. Well, that's when you you're no longer breathing. That's yeah. when. Like we're always going to do that. You're always going to fall off, you know, whatever wagon you're always going to misstep. You're always going to stick your foot in your mouth. You're always going to get it wrong. Yeah. You're good. And, and, and admit it and see, or or like say, ask for, ask for forgiveness and forgive yourself. And now what? Right. And, and that whole, you'll always have that, that voice. And, you know, I used to have that voice that was booming, telling me all the things I was doing wrong all the time. Now it's very faint. And I just say, Oh, thanks. Yeah. I've got this. Thank you. Yeah, Same. I, you know, and, and we've all been there. And so the other pieces we have to stop sort of commiserating and just saying, Oh yeah. You know, like, like, let's, how can we do this differently? Yeah. How can we do this differently? How can we best support ourselves and each other? How can we just show up for ourselves and each other? Because we have every day, every moment is a clean slate. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and just because you screwed up yesterday doesn't mean you can't start over today. It's not all black and white. There's a lot of gray area out there. Oh, 50 shades of gray and more. Right. <laughs> so forgive yourself. Oh, man, it's been so nice to have you. So amazing. So amazing chatting with you. And, you know, like I said, um, I, I was such an honor to share the TEDx stage with you and we both shared our, and people can see my talk and I, I mean, I, on my website, loveyourlifetodeath.com and other resources, because we're all learn, we're all teachers and we're all students and we're yeah. learning from one another. Yeah. I'm so grateful you were able to join me today and I'm me so too. grateful we had a chance to reconnect because I adore you. I think of your talk all the time. I've seen you, you a few times speak and every time I leave with something new in my brain and I thought specifically for this for this program you know we talk a lot in my super type a attempt at being zen about feeling like you always have to have it together or feeling like you have to be the one in charge and holding the weight of the world on your shoulders all the time and when and certainly this year I've dealt with being that super type a person Mm -hmm. and being confronted with all of this grief and all of this death and Mm -hmm. and it's been challenging but without the tools that I have taught myself, without the things that exist in the course, my super type A attempt at being Zen, without the things that I've learned through lead without permission, I would literally be a puddle. I would not be functional after the year that I have just had. So it's such an important conversation to have. 
you know, what, what keeps us grounded, what helps us pull through those hardest times, what, what supports our resilience, mm. but also it's okay. You don't have to always be resilient. Be not I made you cry twice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, it, and Risha, I have to tell you that one of the greatest parts of my journey in the, since 2014 is meeting people, the most extraordinary my superheroes are those who have been in the deep trenches of grief and and continue to create a life worth living, continue to want to help others and learn from all of their grief. And, and you are now uh, amongst them because to, to have so many, so many people die in, in such a short time, no matter, even if it was over 10 years, it's so much and see what you are showing and sharing is that you can, you can still have a life worth living, create joy in your life, allow your grief and all of it. So I thank you from the bottom of my heart for showing people what is possible, even in grief, in deep, complex. It seems only it seems only fitting that I should quote my mother at the end here. Yes. <laughs> she always said, the only way through is through. So you can't avoid it. You can't go under it. You can't go over top of it. You can't go around it. You're going to have to go through it. And sometimes it's going to suck. But it's going to suck a lot. There is something on that other side absolutely and you are still here because you're here and you get to be the evidence that someone's life made a difference you get to be the evidence that their lives made a difference your mom's made a difference and you continue to share her wisdom so like in memory of my mom I'm going to share her quote right like you get to do that and and that spiritual relationship is forever right? You stay spiritually connected. That is one of my core beliefs. You stay spiritually connected, right? Their their spirit, whatever energy soul leaves their body and you get to stay spiritually connected. We've all felt that your children felt that. And so let's choose to believe that and create that beautiful relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. I hear all the time giving me shit in my head. Oh dear. Well, I just, I thank you for just showing up and allowing me to have this conversation with you. And thank you for being shining light in this world because you are choosing that. I really appreciate that. I really do. Namaste, my dear friend. Namaste. Thank you for listening. Like and subscribe to our channel wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit www.yorkmotivational.com for more information on my super type A attempt at being Zen, the coaching program, lead without permission, or visit our contact page to reach out to Risha. Wishing you all continued balance and fulfillment on your road to Zen.